some kids thought it was like balloons popping. Some other people thought it was like firecrackers or something. We didn't really know it was what it was. But in the back of my head, I was like, is it a school sh-? And then I was like, no, no, it can't be. It can't be. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Sanagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. Just want to give a quick shout out to all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash OPL show. If you guys sign up for the Patreon, you get bonus episodes and you get access uh, to our Discord where sometimes you could talk to our previous guests. Yeah, and we're going to jump right into this one today. Uh, we've obviously got a heavy topic to discuss. And, you know, to be honest, I think in a sense, this is a conversation I haven't really been looking forward to, I think, because, you know, I know it's a conversation and I think I could speak for Joe here that is going to make us angry. It's going to make us sad, emotional, uncomfortable. Uh, But I think it's a conversation that we feel we have to have. And, you know, I think our guest has a voice and a story that we want to offer this platform to uh, because we think it's important, you know, that we hear from the victims, the the targets of these tragedies as much as possible, uh, not just, you know, the politicians, the lawmakers, the psychologists, everyone that sort of weighs in when these atrocities happen. And with that said, we're going to be speaking about the uh, Parkland shooting, which took place at Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida in 2018. Uh, it is the deadliest high school shooting in the history of the United States, uh, surpassing Columbine. 17 people died. Uh, another 17 were injured. And it's, of course, one of the country's most publicized school shootings. And I think not just because of the death toll that was involved, but because of the reaction of the students, uh, the way that they were able to kind of come together on a national level uh, to express their anger, their grief, uh, push for real change, you know, to, to gun control, school safety, and, and things like that. So today we'll be speaking with one of the students uh, from Stoneman Douglas who was there during the shooting. So thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks for having me. I really, uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, totally. And, you know, we uh, we obviously really jump right into things with this show. And, um, you know, we kind of thank you in advance for your kind of telling of this um, to, to relive these events to be able to, you know, sort of express it to us. Uh, so can you really just walk us through uh, that particular day when the shooting happened? Oh, yeah, sure. Of course. All right. So it started... Um uh, it was Valentine's Day, right? I think it was a Wednesday. And um, I don't remember a lot leading up to the events, like the day before or the day during. I don't remember a lot of that. I just remember like 20 minutes before and then like 30 minutes after I left the building and then that's it. So um, what I start to remember was I was in fourth period, uh, which is our last class of the day. Um, I was in study hall. We weren't really doing anything. And two of my friends, Luke and Martine, uh, they asked me, if I want to go to the media center with them to just like play games on the computers or whatever, because we were just bored, we weren't doing anything. And so I say, no, uh, I'm, I'm fine, whatever. And then five minutes later, I change my mind. So I go into the hallway and I go to meet with them because they're already there. And I see my friend Enzo in the hallway. And so I start talking to him and eventually he tells me to come up to his classroom. So I go up to his classroom and he has a sub or whatever, so he doesn't care. And so we're just hanging out in there and then the fire alarm goes off. And I wasn't with my class, so I wanted to make sure I was there because I didn't know the route we were supposed to take or whatever. So I was the first one out of the class, first one in the stairwell with this other kid. 
And then we, we hear this like banging, like a couple bangs. And some kids thought it was like balloons popping. Some other people thought it was like firecrackers or something. We didn't really know it was what it was. But in the back of my head, at least, I don't know about everyone else, but in the back of my head, I was like, is it a school? Sh-? And then I was like, no, no, it can't be. It can't be. So I turned back to my friends. And I'm like, you, do you, what do you think that was? Like, that's weird. I don't want to go down there. And then, then the banging just gets really loud. And it sounds like it's a lot closer. And everyone starts to run. And so, uh, yeah, everyone just starts to sprint. Uh, I remember one teacher was screaming, like, everyone stop running. And I was thinking, like, like I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep going. Like, I, I, I couldn't care less about what he said. And so um, I see my friend going to this one classroom. So I go into that classroom because that's the procedure, the code red drill we've always practiced. Um, so I, I go into his classroom. And luckily, I was there with uh, a lot of my, like, uh, my close friends. So it, that, that helped me, uh, made me feel like a little bit more safe. And then so everyone got into the room and everyone piles on top of each other. We're in this corner of the room behind the teacher's desk and there's maybe 40 kids in like a, uh, like a eight by eight foot, like square foot area. And so I have like three people on top of my legs, but we just had to, we just had to go through. I had three people on top of my legs for like 40 minutes, I think. And it was killing me, but it was like the last thing I was worried about, you know? And so we're all in there and we hear like shooting outside for the next five to 10 minutes. And then it gets a little quiet and we hear like a banging on the door. Someone's banging on the door. And so we're obviously like, yeah, we're not going to answer that. But some kid gets up and goes to answer the door. And we like pull him back. We're like, what are you doing? Like, are you are, like, like, what are you thinking? And he's like, oh, I don't know the door. I don't know. That, that still baffles me to this day what that kid did. But um, yeah, so we're outside or so we're inside and maybe like 20, 10 minutes pass and it's now quiet and we'd hear the occasional uh, screaming. And um, at the time, I didn't know if this was uh, like the shooter who was just like fucking crazy or if it was kids outside, you know, like like asking for help. But we we couldn't do anything. Even the teachers, some teachers had uh, kids like bleeding out in front of their doors and they couldn't open the door because it was against like code and everything that they've been told. And I, I don't know, I'm not saying that's wrong or right, but it's just a shitty situation to be in, uh, especially for the teachers. Because um, I remember my teacher, she was, she was uh, some of the kids were calming her down because she felt responsible for all these children but she couldn't like she could she couldn't do anything about it and so you know it was very hectic in there especially for the first 10 15 minutes and so we're stuck in this kind of like limbo where we're just sitting there we don't know what to do what's going on and then all of a sudden we hear this uh staggered breathing from behind us or something like that and we're like what's what's going on we turn and we like like pull some kids off and we see this kid, he's, he's upside down, passed out, uh, and like could barely breathe because he was just so, we were all piled on top of each other. We like shook him. He didn't know what was going on or anything. So, uh, it, yeah, it's just, it was kind of crazy in there, but we all, at the same time, we all had to be quiet and we couldn't say anything or we couldn't, uh, like we, uh, some people called the police 
as you guys are you know in the classroom and you're hearing this banging um at what point did it kind of hit you that like oh man there is a school shooting happening here it's not balloons it's not you know whatever you thought it was like there is actually someone in the school with a gun yeah so um like i said at first it was kind of like i had in the back of my head but i was like what are the odds and even when i was running through the hallway with everyone else i was still thinking like oh we're probably overreacting here and it was something else just because of like the odds i couldn't wrap my head around it so i just had to think it was something else until we were like in there for uh maybe like 10 minutes and then you hear like the screaming and more shooting and then you're like oh yeah i'm i'm here this is where i am was there did the shooter ever come down the hallway where your classroom was uh yeah yeah i think that was um i guess it was him who banged on the door who tried to get in i'm not sure but um i assume it was him and then uh they released this uh video footage of like this map of where the shooter was in the building so we do know he he like walked by like all the classes and stuff like that. Wow. So you you know for sure that I mean he passed by. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, definitely. So I mean, okay. So you guys were in there. How long were you in the classroom for before you were out? Um, I don't remember exactly, but I'd say like probably forty minutes to an hour and a half, like around that time we were in there. But it felt like three hours, of course. Oh, I can only imagine. And I think yeah. also, you know, to Greg's point, you know, in the beginning where he was saying that this has been one of the most like covered uh, school shootings of all time. I also think that's because a lot of the kids nowadays have phones and stuff. Because I remember seeing videos of, uh, you know, people in classrooms just like, you know, either like live streaming or just like sending Snapchats or whatever to each other um, of these things. Was that, did you have any sort of uh, people in your class doing that? Um, well, he, he never, the shooter never really entered our class, so there was no reason to like pull out a phone or take a video, or at least right. nothing that I saw. There was only a couple videos that came out, but uh, I remember at the time, my phone was dead. So I, like, and a lot of people at this time, they're texting their parents, like, that they love them and stuff. And my phone was dead, so I had to get, like, my friend to text my parents that, I, that I'm okay and I'm alive and that, like, I love them and stuff. Uh, so I think that's what most of the kids were doing with our phones. And even after, uh, I, I like saw, I saw the videos and I was kind of thinking like, what are you like? I don't know. I was like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, it's, it's something I didn't agree with, but I mean, it, it helps in a way just so other people can see how fucked up it is to be in that situation. What is the level of fear at that moment when you're in the classroom and starting to realize, okay, this, I can't pretend this is something else anymore. There is someone shooting outside of the classroom and odds are that my classmates, potentially my friends are dying right now. Uh, does, does that fear, I mean, what, what is that level of fear? Like, were you, was everyone panicking in the classroom? Did you really feel like you needed to say to your parents, you know, I love you because I, I might not make it out of here? Or is it just kind of like survival mode that kicks in? Well, okay, so a lot of people had a lot of different reactions. That's one thing I noticed. Um, some people, uh, like one kid I remember behind me made like a joke about like how he was like, oh, I, can, I hope I can still make it to practice tonight. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like you're taking it that way. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, other kids were like bawling their eyes out. Other kids were taking, some people, uh, like mostly some of my friends, they were 
taking care of other people, making them feel better, and that made themselves feel better. And uh, just for me, I kind of, I was sitting there uh, just reeling of what I've like been through in life. And I was, cause I was think I, the, the biggest fear is like the fear of unknown. And I had no idea what was going on. So all I could know was that guy was just opening up every classroom and just killing everyone in the classroom. So uh, like worse in, in my head, I was thinking worst case, I'm dying. So I literally was just reeling over the stuff I've done in my life, thinking about the stuff I haven't done in my life. Cause I was, I was a freshman at the time too. So I was even younger and, um, it, uh, for matters of fear, I, I, I kind of didn't feel fear. It was more just like a numb feeling. I don't know how to describe it, but I felt more like frozen. Hmm. Interesting. Because I knew there was nothing I could do, and I don't believe in like uh, God or anything like that. So I was just thinking, well, shit. I hope I get lucky. Like that's what I was just thinking in my head. Like, let's hope I get lucky, because that's all I can hope for now. Because I couldn't run. I, you can't really hide behind anything. Yeah. So, was there a, a point where you were running through the halls where you're like, I'm just gonna get the fuck out of here. I'm not going to a classroom. Uh, well, the way the building works is that there's two stairwells and then three stories. And so there's only two exits from the building. So the shooter was in one stairwell and then there was another stairwell on the other side of the, the hall or uh, side of the building. And so it was either I run down there and I can either like risk, I don't know if there's other shooters. I don't know, like, well, I don't know if he's downstairs. I don't know which stairwell he's in. I can either go there and risk it or I can go with the procedure and what school has told me. So I went into the classroom, but uh, the people in the other buildings, they just left school because they could because we have an outdoor school. But uh, so, yeah, mostly if you if I could have run, I would have. But, you know, I couldn't really. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy to even think about just that that practiced kind of I guess you called it code red. Um, where, you know, you're, you're trained, you like, you guys are trained for this. And, and that's what always blows my mind. Um, obviously you're a lot younger than us and, you know, for, I think us like Joe, if, if, if we were to go through this, like Columbine happened in 1999, but it wasn't, you know, the same frequency I think of school shooting. So it, you know, we didn't have that. We didn't have like hide under the desk, um, you know, practices, at least I didn't, you know, where I was. Um, and it would have been so hard to fathom like that a school shootings happening, but I guess you growing up, you know, and, and your generation, that is, that is part of going to school. Like that reality is part of going to school. And that's terrifying that, you know, you have to prepare for that. And it's sort of always in the back of your mind. And then, you know, for you to actually have to then put that into practice because the real thing is happening. Um, it's just, you know, I, I guess just, just being older, you know, and, and with my school days behind me, um, it's just crazy to think about what, what that environment is like now, where again, you have to, you know, practice this and know that, you know, every day I walk into school, this is a possibility. Yeah. And it was, it was a very weird realization for me. Cause I remember after it happened, like the day it happened when I was going home or whatever, trying to go to sleep. I was thinking, or not, or when I was in the building, I was thinking like, it, it didn't seem as big of a deal 
as I thought it would be. In that sense, I mean, as like a national news story, I thought it was just, oh, this is another school shooting. And I think that's the worst part about it is that I wasn't even like, it was, it, I was surprised by how uh, important it was. Like I didn't realize how big of a deal it was because I'm just so, uh, I guess, desensitized to hearing stuff about like school shootings and stuff. I It kind of, it, I viewed it as like, oh, okay, this thing is happening to me. Like, oh, I guess I was unlucky instead of like, oh, this horrible thing happened. Who would have ever thought to do such a horrible thing? It was more of what I said earlier. Did when, you know, I mean, eventually you ended up like getting out of the classroom. Like, can you kind of go through what that was like? I'm assuming like the cops show up to the door and then, you know, what happens from there? Yeah. So I remember when I was in the classroom, I was just waiting to hear sirens. Because I knew once there were sirens outside, then like there was some sort of protection. Because until the sirens came, he could still be in the building. I, I, like we had no idea what he was doing. So, uh, so I was just waiting for sirens, and then we heard the sirens, and I thought like, okay, okay. And then I got ten more minutes, whatever. And then uh, so eventually the SWAT team they like bang on the door. SWAT team open up, and they tell us. Uh, they're like screaming at us to get into some like this sort of like conga line formation. We're like hands on shoulders. And he told us, look straight ahead. Like, don't look down. Don't look to the side. Look straight ahead because he didn't want us to see all the shit that was going on in the hallway. And so I remember thinking like, it's kind of a weird thought, but I remember thinking like, I'm going to look, I don't know what made me or whatever. I was just thinking like, well, I like I'm here. I'm going to look. And so we come outside and there's this white powder that's like splashed like across the floor. I'm not sure. I, I don't know whether it was the, the gun or the fire alarm or whatever. But and then they, we, I see the, the bodies. Uh, they dragged the kids' bodies like to the side and like almost just like, pr- like push them, like prop them up like, like on like by the wall or whatever. Uh, and you could see like streaks of blood on the floor, stuff like that. But that wasn't even like, for me, I, did, I, I don't look back at that moment in like horror or like, oh my gosh, how did I view this? What It was just almost normal to me. I was kind of like, okay, yeah, that's what a dead body looks like. It didn't, uh, it didn't affect me as much as I thought it would. Like, you know how you see in movies, they'll like see a dead body and, you know, freak out, whatever. It, it just didn't happen to me. And so, you know, we walk out and I step over this backpack and I remember thinking like, who, who left, who leaves their backpack, like whatever, blah, blah. And, uh, later I find out that was the shooter's bag. Uh, he had his AR-15 in there, his hoodie and everything. And he just left it, uh, on the stairwell. So I thought uh, that was interesting. And then, um, yeah. And then we leave, we get out of the building and I see just hundreds of cars, news reporters, like fire trucks, uh, people like waiting, all this happening. And, you know, we kind of just, you know, I walked home. Uh, My mom picked me up and, you know, I just, I went to bed. I love how you're saying this, like, no, so nonchalantly. Like the reason why I'm so nonchalant about this is because two, like I've, I think there's like 2000 kids in my school to, or at the time, at least 2000 of these kids did this with me like I went through the same experience as them so all my friends have a similar story to me so for me this is just a normal thing and I know that's horrible to say and I hate how it's normal for me 
but I just, I can't, like, I can't help it. No, I understand. I mean, people have different reactions to these sort of situations. Like, you know, especially, I mean, you described it perfectly when you were saying how you were in the classroom and you weren't really terrified. You were, it was just more of a numb feeling. So it, it makes sense that, you know, when you see the, basically the ramifications like of a school shooting and like the evidence of it with these bodies and everything that there isn't really something that sticks out because it's kind of like this numb feeling that I mean I'm, I'm sure it has to do with something like your body's sort of defense mechanism of being like I'm just numb right now it's sort of like protecting yourself from this sort of thing um, and yeah so I mean some people are affected by it in a way of like it's horrible and they can't look and they refuse and you know whatever but I think it's interesting that you kind of described um, something that I also like know about that there are people that I know that have those kind of defense mechanisms where it's like I don't really feel you know traumatized by this I just kind of feel like this numb sort of feeling you know yeah exactly I think you put that in a perfect way yeah I don't think it's it's not horrible to say it's I think what's horrible is just the reality like I was saying before that that you're almost desensitized to it before it even happens yeah exactly that's what I was uh, trying to get at I, I didn't mean by me saying it yeah no and and that's that's the sad reality the same way that you know we're desensitized if if there was a if the news came on right now and and there was a school shooting somewhere um it would be horrible and we would have reactions but we'd be lying if we said that we weren't numb to receiving that type of news um because it happens so often in this country Mm -hmm. and also there's there's other stuff like uh like my friends luke and martin who i was going to go to the uh media center with i found out like on their way back in the media center or on their way back from the media center they died and so there's stuff like that where i i literally think like should this bother me more like should i like like why why am i so just numb to everything that's really i was almost surprised by uh, my own reaction after everything happened wait so the two kids that you were going to meet up with and then decided not to they ended up dying? Yeah, only because I saw my friend uh, Enzo in the hallway. Wow. Yeah, and the, it's, it's stuff like that you think of, or you could think of, and I have thought of it. Like, what if I could have either, I could have died with them, or if I went with them, I could have saved them. But it's, it's thinking like that, which really puts you in a hole, and I wanted to stay out of that type of thinking. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think, you know, Thank, thank you for being real. Like, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to hold that against you. You know, we sometimes obviously can't control how we react to these things. And, um, yeah, it just seems like you're, you're, you're being real about it. And we, we don't know, we can't, we can't judge because, you know, we've, if we haven't been in that situation, how are we supposed to know? Um, but with that said, it's a terrible situation to be in. Um, you know, obviously we're extremely sorry that this happened to you. And, you know, I guess that you sort of answered one of the questions I was going to ask, which is, you know, did you have friends, um, that, you know, you lost or, or, or injured or, or killed in this? Um, you know, were, were there any besides just those, uh, those two? Um, well, I'd say those two were like, uh, I, I wasn't so close to them, but I'd consider them friends. And then I had, I think it was seven people who were in my class, or at least in one of my classes, who passed away. Because it was the freshman building, and I was a freshman at the time. 
So most of the classes and most of the people I knew were freshmen. So uh, the freshmen were going to know more people who passed. Did you know the shooter? Yeah, I was going to ask if there was um, any room. My sister, she went to school with him, and they always just viewed him as like, like whatever, that kid's a little, that, that kid's a little weird. But, I mean, uh, she never said, like, no one really, like, I don't think bullied him or anything that was, like, noticeable. But uh, mm. it was just, yeah, it was just a weird kid in my sister's grade. That's, that's all he was before. Jeez, dude. That's wild. So young too. That's that's what I'm still trying to wrap my head around is that that type of experience at that age. How old are you when you're a freshman? Um, I think 14. 14. 14. Different. I think. Yeah, you're like 14, 15, something like that. Jeez. So I mean, I I was gonna say like afterwards, like you're home now, and like you know, you have that day. Um, what what is the aftermath of all this? Like, how does life go back to normal like how long does that take like is there any sort of lasting impact that you think this has on you um yeah definitely uh but there's some stuff where i'm still trying to figure out uh like why or like how this affected me so i'll view aspects of myself that like have changed or whatever and i'll think like is that and some stuff i'm like is that because i'm just getting older or is that because i went through this experience you know, what, and, and what's an example of that? Because that's interesting. Um, well, okay. So one thing I used to have, uh, when I was younger, I used to have a lot of like fears, just like, like fear of spiders. I, I had a big fear of heights, uh, a lot of that type of stuff. And then after the shooting, I remember I had zero fear of heights. I, I don't care about bugs that much either. I remember I didn't, for like at least a, a a long while, I didn't really have any fears, including like death too. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, I don't see how it this doesn't force you to mature and grow up probably faster than the average person your age. I, I'm sure, obviously, in different ways for everyone, but um, I, I would think it's you know impossible not to after going through something like that. Yeah, and I'm still I'm still even realizing slowly how how big of a deal it was. Like every day, I'm like, hold, like I went through that, and it's so just normal to me because everyone that lives around me went through the same experience. Like the 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 town went through this thing, and I'm in this town, so it's it's kind of hard to see uh, how how crazy it is because I'm so used to it. Yeah, and you know I think that's that's the kind of other side of this story and what was so interesting and and what made it even a bigger deal um in in terms of being publicized was the student body i think coming together after and um you know so many of your classmates becoming national figures and and spokespeople um even as high schoolers for change you know and and it was grieving but we also saw kids um really smart you know, intelligent, brave kids like yourself that really came out and weren't afraid to kind of demand change um, and, and, and ask the hard questions of why do these things keep happening and how many more victims are there going to be? So what was like, what was that like for you to, you know, be part of that community that was affected and then in turn, um, you know, spoke up and made sure that this got so much attention? Yeah, well, okay. So I say how, 
um, how since everyone went through the same thing, it makes me very desensitized and all that stuff. But at the same time, it helped like tremendously because I remember the, the, the day after the shooting, uh, we held this vigil and it was where the whole town came together uh, at, at this our local park. And we just held like a ceremony uh, for like everyone that died. And uh, I remember that was my first sense of community that I felt like in my life, really, because I've never been a part of something uh, just because I'm so young. And uh, that community really helped. And you see people fighting uh, for you and for uh, a cause that ruined or potentially ruined your life. And so it was really it, it, it gives you a source of strength seeing everyone uh, together, you know, because you don't really see a lot of people in one place agree on something. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of a nice thing. Like after the shooting, it didn't matter about like your relationships with other people before, whether you like them or dislike them. Everyone was like together. So that was something that was extremely helpful uh, in my healing process. And in terms of uh, the political side, I didn't really get involved. And uh, most of the people I knew, because we were younger, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, really get involved in the politics side. I kind of watched it from the sideline but i it didn't really um it didn't really uh move me too much if that makes sense because i remember at the vigil um i saw all these cameras you know everyone like getting interviewed and all this media attention and i was just thinking like this no one's gonna remember this or people will remember this but the in a month's time the next thing is gonna is going to move on or the, the next thing's going to happen. And that's what everyone's going to focus on. So I didn't want me, I didn't want, uh, I didn't want to be defined by, uh, an event that happened and by some fucking crazy kid. So I didn't join too much in the political side and I decided to focus more on healing with myself. And that I think really helped. Uh, yeah, that really helped me a lot. How do you like, can you kind of describe like the first time, you know, school opens back up or like you go back to school, like what are you kind of feeling then? Uh, yeah, so I think we had a two or three week break uh, between the shooting and like the first day of school. And the way they did it is they kind of eased us in. Um, they made us wear like IDs and we had to wear uh, clear backpacks um, at least until the school year was over just to so we can continue with school. Uh, but a lot of people, you know, a lot of people didn't want to go to school. A lot of people weren't done grieving, but everyone does it at a different time. So I understood why they like opened school back up and, uh, they kind of eased us into it. The first week it was a lot of like, uh, there were a lot of like therapists and, um, social workers just there to like make you feel better. It was like almost going to like a six hour therapy session. Uh, where you'd go or you'd go to school and everyone's really nice and you know there's dogs you can pet and stuff like that and then the next week I think they we started playing cards and stuff like that and then you know eventually we just go we slowly went back into school I mean I don't know how else to describe it <laughs> yeah um no again like you know thank you thanks for being so real about this it's like this this perspective is interesting um because it's you know obviously you can't speak for everyone it's a huge school but you know just to hear your journey and your personal process to 
heal, to process all these things that kind of happen to you. Um, and, you know, I think that's a, a really good point about the community. I think, you know, to see the positive in that um, is huge because those moments are so rare. And I had something, I don't want to say similar because nothing close, but um, in middle school, a someone who was kind of friends with like everyone in the school and I went to a big school too, uh, ended up dying in a hit and run. And, and we had something similar with a vigil and it just from that day to the end of high school, it's like, it, it just took something away, you know, like the no divisiveness, you know, race, class, anything that like people could use to classify others. Um, it just kind of disappeared in a way. And, uh, it was, you know, a, a really cool experience in that sense. And to, I'm sure for you to experience that on that scale, you know, in, in a diverse school with so many people, um, there is something really, you know, beautiful about that to be able to be brought together, um, you know, and just kind of all mutually understand, you know, that you're just humans. After it happened for the first day, it was kind of like, it didn't feel real. I remember waking up the next day and I, li I literally woke up and I said to myself, I was like, fuck i really wanted that to be a dream like I, I remember thinking that when i woke up and uh you know we we went to the vigil and everything and there was one point in the ceremony where they said uh everyone's names like the victims that passed away and so there was this stage and then a whole crowd of literally the whole city and each name that they said uh you can hear different uh like louder cries from different sections of the crowd and you can see like who who knew who and everything. And I'm not sure if everyone else felt this way, but for me, when I heard those names, it was then I realized like this this isn't going away. Like this was something I have to live with for the rest of my life. And it, that's when I realized like these kids are gone, and this is something that's going to affect me. And I just I it's just something I have to live with. What kind of thing? What kind of ways do you think, if you can pinpoint it, do you think it affects your day to day? If it does, um, well, I I, I always thought about this and uh, just like a little test in my head or whatever. But I don't think I've gone a day without just acknowledging that I was in this shooting. Like I don't think there was a day where I just completely forgot. And you know, mm -hmm. I was like, oh wait, that because you know every day you're you're either going to school or you're whatever, you're just seeing stuff that reminds you. And it's not like, it's just like a random thought, but it, it's it, it's for like day-to-day -day activities. Um, obviously the first couple months it affected, but now I'd say everything's back to normal, you know, as much as normal can be. But um, it's kind of this weird thing where, cause I'm, I still have this experience that I'm with, but everyone else, has moved on, you know, in terms of like the world has moved on. So uh, that's something that I needed. A, that's when I realized how badly or how important it was that I moved on from this instead of letting it define me or being known for it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why uh, I don't think it affects my day to day activities just because I try not letting it affect my day to day activities. There's occasional stuff where um, you know, like someone drops a text, a textbook and, you know, everyone flinches in the class. But uh, besides that, like I can still uh, go to concerts. I can still play Call of Duty, like that type of stuff. It doesn't bother me. Well, that's good to hear. And and are you you're still attending the high school, right? Yeah, we're doing um, online classes right now, of course, because right. of COVID. But uh, yeah, I'm still going there. They just recently put up a new building, which was in replacement of uh, that old building. 
And so they had this whole opening ceremony. I think it was yesterday they actually had it. So was there kind of a, an interesting dynamic now that I'm assuming um, now there's people in the high school with you that didn't go through this? And it's just kind of now, does that make you realize like, okay, time is passing on and then soon enough, everyone who's in this high school will not have been there for that event? Yeah, that's something I thought of uh, almost right away because I remember walking through the hallways and thinking like, this isn't like, this isn't going to last forever. Like I'm not this community or whatever. It's, it's not gonna last forever. And that was uh, a motivator for me to move on. You know, every year you'd see new kids come into the school and it's unfair to look at them and be like, you don't know what we went through. Right. But also it's hard to look at them and say, we're like, we're the same as me and my other friend who went through this experience, you know? So it's, it's, it's weird like that, but, uh, I mean, it's just something we have to go through. Everyone's going to go to a college. Everyone's going to go move. And uh, eventually they're going to live with nobody that went through this experience. And so uh, that that's, was the biggest motivation for me to move on as quickly as I could. Yeah. Is there, you know, I mean, this might sound like a weird question, but, you know, I think with every tragedy there is, you know, some sort of... Uh, I don't want to say silver lining, but is there anything that you kind of take from this experience that you think it's sort of like changed you for the better moving forward? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I hear this from a lot, uh, most of the people I talk to about this and a lot of them say, um, obviously they're not glad it happened. And I think it's hard to put it in a way, right? I think the best way is, uh, you've accepted that it happened. And I think, accepting it is when you can start to grow from it and that's what i try to do from like the beginning because i didn't i didn't like therapy or anything like that it just wasn't my thing so i did i did figure this stuff out on my own because you know my parents they didn't know what they're doing either but uh uh, most people that i know say that they've changed better uh from the shooting either that they they're they care about life more or that they chase their dreams and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of people that that has been like a big deal for them, and they're almost like if they could go back, they would they would change it. But now that it's already happened, uh, we've accepted that it's happened, and right. we're gonna grow from it. Yeah, it's insane. Not insane, but it's amazing how mature your outlook is on this, and just one, I think how well spoken you are, uh, how much reflection it kind of seems like you've done to heal um you know to think about this and to like you said accept it and i mean that's the best outcome right the best outcome is that one day the school is again filled with people who didn't go through this event that you that your friends that your classmates are off to college like that is the victory in a sense that life does go back to normal and i don't think that's a bad thing because if it didn't then the person who tried to hurt so many people um you know not didn't just kill people but affected so many others and prevented their life from moving on or things going back from normal but to not give the shooter you know that power where you know things going back to normal is essentially the best possible thing that could happen and you know just speaking with you for this short amount of time uh, again like i said like your outlook is so mature so well spoken like i I have no doubt your future is bright. And I know we've only been speaking for probably like, what, 40 minutes or something. Um, But, you know, it seems like you have a lot of good things 
ahead of you. And, um, you know, I maybe part of that and, you know, your defining character is because you went through this event, but honestly also maybe not. Um, but because like you said, it's not something that you're going to let define you. Um, so, you know, really again, thank you. Um, just because it's amazing to hear from you, you know, this perspective, this realness, uh, was, you know, really, really eye opening, and, and we appreciate the honest conversation. Yeah, of course. I, I really appreciate it for you guys letting me come on. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on and talking. It's, uh, probably not, you know, the, the easiest thing to talk about. I mean, I know you say that it, it's your, I know you're kind of like nonchalant about the whole thing, but yeah. you know, regardless, it's, uh, you know, a pretty wild circumstances there. So we appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. All right. Well, have a good one and, um, please keep in touch. We're curious. We want to know what you do in the future. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, man. All, All right, right, man. Have, have a good, good one. one. Uh, you too. Before we get to our final thoughts, we do have a sponsor for today, which is BetterHelp. BetterHelp uh, is online therapy. So if you're, you know, thinking about talking to a therapist, you can use BetterHelp. Uh, they have a bunch of means of communication. You can talk on the phone, you can video chat, you can text, um, and you can start communicating in just under 48 hours, which is amazing. So if you feel like you really need to talk to somebody or you want to kind of jump into the world of therapy, uh, you can do that in just under 48 hours. Also, they make it very easy to transfer counselors or therapists um, you know, a very seamless sort of transfer there if you want to do that, because finding the right therapist is also part of the process. Um, they have licensed uh, physicians who, sorry, they have licensed therapists that uh, specialize in depression or relationships or anxiety or anything really that you're going through, they can find someone that, you know, suits your needs. Um, but yeah, the BetterHelps wants you to start living a happier life today. You can visit their website and read their testimoni testimonials. Um, but yeah, go, go check out betterhelp.com slash OPL, uh, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com uh, slash OPL. You will get 10% off of your first month if you use that, uh, betterhelp.com slash OPL. Again, 10% off of your first month. Um, but yeah, there's over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health by using BetterHelp. Um, I've gotten some messages from people who have tried it out and said that it, it works really well for them. So yeah, go check it out. If it's something that you're into, go to betterhelp.com slash OPL. Man, that was uh, some crazy insight on that situation. I, I It honestly, like, to your point where you were saying, like, I feel like now we're, like, sort of desensitized to these sort of things. And I feel like subconsciously, at least for me, I try to after a certain amount of time i try to block those things out because if you just like think about them and you harp on them it's like really drives you crazy and i almost forgot about this story and like yeah. what it means and i remember watching I, I would say i think maybe last year i watched there was some documentary on it um and that's when he was talking about like there was a map of like where the shooter mm. was going like i remember seeing that and just being like this is just why like it's just wild man it's a crazy thing to go through and you know, I think it's a very interesting perspective for him to be like, he was just like super numb through the whole thing, you know, because I feel like I've kind of felt that in certain situations. I, not that I've been in a situation like that, but in situations where, you know, a lot of people would panic or they would whatever, you just kind of feel like, I don't really remember how I felt. I just kind of felt this weirdness. Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, it's just real. Like, like you said, that's just, you know, our bodies, our minds, like it's here to try to keep the status quo right it's like we don't walk around fearing we're gonna die all the time or you know like we we 
block these things essentially. Um, yeah. And that's like super real. It's like for him to not, you know, just to, just to feel what he feels naturally and just kind of like let it come. Like, and it doesn't seem like he thinks he's suppressing anything. It, it like, it, it feels like he's just open to the feelings and, and his response to this whole thing. And like that type of honesty with yourself, I think is just, you know, that's the only thing you can do because like, I've had it too. I mean, losing loved ones, like you, you just, you don't always know how you're going to react, you know? And sometimes sadness comes differently or sometimes like I've even asked myself in the past, like, you know, why, how come I'm not more emotional here? Like it's, that's just the reality we go through when, when these like tragedies, small or big, you know, happen in our lives. So it was really cool that he, uh, you know, was willing to be just really honest about that. You know, he didn't dress anything up or, you know, he, he really just told it like it is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, like I said, it's just like, it's a wild, it's a wild insight, and I feel like it gives you a better perspective on those types of situations, especially because, you know, I feel like how we feel about being desensitized to this, and I feel like a lot of people share that same view. Where, for a while there, it just kind of felt like, you know, there was school shootings happening all the time to the point where it's like, oh man, another hashtag, another tweet that I that you get put out, you know, pray for wherever, and it's just it's terrible, and you know, I think. It's important to not just read a headline and send your tweet out, but to actually, you know, know and feel these types of things, um, because you know, it, it'll change you and it'll it'll make you a more sympathetic person. It'll it'll make you a more empathetic person as well. Um, yeah, because it's in situations like this, it's so easy to immediately jump to politicize it to talk about gun control to you know ha- a, a, there's a divide within politics yeah, and opinions and you less know it's, about that and it's more just about like human connection and just like just these are humans man right that we're talking about we these can't forget exactly we can't forget the the stories like his like the people who live through it and continue to live through it and and they just want they just want a normal life he's you know he's not thinking about that right now he's just thinking about what college am i going to go to or you know who am i going to prom with like well i guess no no pandemic no prom, no COVID but, proms. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah and you know especially when when you talk about this and school shootings it's like these are not adults these are children like these yeah. are kids young adults kid like just for that to happen at such a young age is just so hard to imagine but uh for him you know to, to hear from him, like, it seems like he and, and hopefully others in his position are, you know, doing really well. And like, that's, that's all you can hope for. Yeah. Wild man. Well, you know, obviously we, we thank him for coming on it, regardless of how nonchalant he is, that's a, a tough thing to talk about and sort of, you know, relive, especially when you're on the path of growth and trying to just do your own thing. So we appreciate that. I feel like that's going to help a lot of people like this episode uh with you know whatever um but for anyone out there who if you have a story that you think uh will fit and be you know something you want to share uh to our audience don't hesitate to hit us up go to oplshow.com uh fill out the form send us an email we go through all of them and uh if it works we'll schedule something and uh get to recording 
Yeah, and uh, follow us on Instagram, at OPL Podcast. We post clips, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, shout out again to the Patreon community. Uh, we've got a lot of people there. If you guys want to know what episode's coming up, we now have behind the scenes every single week. So on Monday, you'll get a, a Patreon episode where we read the email and kind of talk about how we plan out, for example, this episode, some of the questions we want to ask, um, why we want to do it. And you get that episode before to prepare for the episode on Thursday, plus a bunch of other uh, bonus content. So definitely check that out. Help support the show. And uh, that is all. Yep, that is all. See you guys next time. Thank you.